0: Stories. Everybody's got them, and we can learn from each other. History can be traced through letters and writings, but the one thing that has remained throughout the generations is the oral tradition. Oral history is one attempt to pass along the stories, tales, musings, and remembrances of one family for the benefit of listeners for generations to come. Join us now for this episode of Oral History with Jeff Silkowski. Thanks for being here today for episode 19. I want to explain a little bit that last week was a little bit of a divergence from our topic. In episode 17, I actually teased the end of the episode with the idea of spending some time doing just this, My Faith Journey Part 4. But last week required a little bit of an aside, and that was the story of anxiety in my life. I appreciate uh, your listening to that. I appreciate the care that was expressed. And in particular, I appreciate you listening despite the lack of audio quality. In every possible way, that episode was raw. Um, It was raw technically, it was raw emotionally, and it needed to be said. And I encourage you to go back and listen to it if you've not. But I want to continue today with My Faith Journey, Part 4. As I mentioned back in uh, Episode 17, I kind of teased going here, going to the Cuyahoga Valley church years. And if you go back and you listen to several episodes, they'll lead you to this point. Um, The KTSC TV years led to Steve Green Ministries. Steve Green Ministries is where I met Brian Howell, and that was the reason why I came to Cleveland, was at the behest of Brian, who needed a technical director for the church he had come on staff at here. Cuyahoga Valley Church or as I'll refer to it from here on out as CVC um, my coming here was also the culmination of my faith journey and how God led me and you've heard parts of that in the Zilkowski years particularly the Zilkowski years part one and how God brought me here for a specific purpose and that was to meet my now wife uh, Larissa and so Cleveland has been a place of convergence. Cleveland has been a convergence of a number of things within my life. Um, my, the way God wired me, the way he put things in me, the people that he's put in my life, the things that he's taught me, the churches that I've been a part of, and it all has kind of come to this point in time in, um, in so many ways. Well, let me, let me explain a little bit. First of all, if you go back and listen to the Steve Green ministry years, you'll understand that I left Colorado for the very first time. Being apart from my family, I was uh, in a position where I was living alone and a good four states away from my family for the very first time. I was lonely at times, and God really built some tremendous relationships into my life. And one of those relationships was my roommate at the time, Brian Howell. Brian pursued me for the purpose of uh, a Bible study, and you can go back and listen to the details of that in episode 17. Brian didn't let go. Brian wanted me to grow deeper in my walk with the Lord, and he wanted me to grow deeper in my relationships with, with him and a group of guys, and I am so grateful for that. And when Brian left Cleveland, or left Nashville to come to Cleveland, he came at the behest of another friend who had met the founding pastor of Cuyahoga Valley Church, a friend named Jeff, who at the time when CVC was looking for a worship leader, Jeff and Pastor Rick, the founding pastor of CVC, crossed paths. And Jeff said, I have the perfect guy for you. And when Brian came along, he was the perfect guy for the worship leader at CVC. And the first thing he wanted to do was to fill what had been a role filled by volunteers with a full-time position, and that was the technical director. And Brian said to that staff, I have the perfect guy for you, and he met me. Brian came to me with the idea of taking on this position of technical director, and he had been through six years of life on the road with me at uh, Steve Green Ministries, and he felt like I was the right guy for the job for this place in Cleveland that needed a technical director. And so I, I went the latter part of 2004, just telling Brian, you know, keep me informed, let me know what's going on. And he came, he called me in November and wanted me to come and interview. And I had the privilege of interviewing with Rick Duncan and his wife, Marianne, the founding pastor and his wife, Brian and Jennifer. And, uh, Dan and Joy Burgoyne, the leaders of our Young Adults Ministry. Through our time at Steve Green Ministries, Brian had seen what God had instilled in me, the work ethic, the desire for ministry, and the love for the Lord, and had grown through all of that with me. And so when it came time for him to call somebody at CVC, he called me. He called me first. And they went through a hiring process, um, I wasn't the only candidate, but Brian was convinced from the outset that I was the right person for the job. And I just encouraged Brian to keep me informed and keep me up to date on how the process was going. Well, they did call me for a couple of interviews, one in November of 2004, and then another one in December of 2004. And the one in December of 2004 was particularly difficult from my perspective because I was working at a UPS store, and a UPS store in Nashville, any UPS store, makes about 80% of their yearly profit in the two weeks before Christmas. People are shipping gifts and, and all kinds of things, and I was in a position where my uh, franchise owner at that time did not want me to leave, and I had two gentlemen who were working with me in the store when I got the call from Brian to come and interview, the two guys that were working with me in the store basically went to the franchise owner and said, we will work any number of hours, any time, any day, if you would let Jeff go and interview for this job. That's how much they cared for me. And these weren't guys that were even believers. They were just Dear friends who, again, loved and cared for me enough to put themselves on the line so that I could go and pursue what it was that what God was calling me to, which was, again, full-time ministry. It had been a while since I'd been in full-time ministry at this point, about four years. So I came and I interviewed. And again, you can listen to some of the details about that in the Zilkowski Years Part 1. But when God brought me to Cleveland, it was an opportunity for him to mold and shape and make in me what he wanted to do. And the first few years, it was just, there was a lot of busyness. There was the turning around of a stage every week from the young adult ministry, which was very different in scope, size, and Philosophy from main church, and there was putting it all back together to have services on the weekends and then turning it back over to that young adult ministry. And so there just was much, much busyness. But in the beginnings of those years, God began to instill in me this desire for friendships, this desire for relationships, and a desire to pastor people. Now, as far as the relationships go, God built immediately into my life. The very first year I was here, uh, a young guy by the name of Joe, Joe was on staff at CVC. He was working uh, in various roles, but he eventually ended up in the youth department. But he spent a good period of time with us in worship arts. He became an administrative assistant initially to Brian and I, and Joe was a dear friend right from the beginning In fact, I often refer to, jokingly refer to Joe as my first love at CVC because we spent a lot of time together that first year. Um, We were both single. He was quite a bit younger than me, but we just were both in the same kind of periods of life, old souls, wanting to be married, wanting to find the right woman. And he was actually present with Larissa, Larissa and I on our first official date. And you can go back and listen to that story as well. But Joe got invited because I'm kind of a dumb guy and invited him along. And Larissa thought, well, maybe Jeff's not interested in me. But in reality, I was. I just wanted Joe to be able to eat that night. So go back and listen. You'll get it. But I went through some real serious ups and downs with Joe. I, in that first year Larissa was walking alongside me as well, but I went through the near death of my mom in May. I went through a period in June where I lost my license because I let it expire, and an out-of-state license that expires in Ohio becomes a situation where you have to get a learner's permit all over again. So Joe was my ride, and he was the one that rode with me because I had to have a licensed driver with me most of the time. At the age of 40, I had a learner's permit. But I also went through some tough times with Joe. Difficulties in his family, difficulties in his relationships, difficulties in his life. And those aren't my stories to tell, but in all of this, Joe and I just grew to be very, very dear friends that wanted to serve the Lord and were on similar paths. And God used that. God used my relationship with Brian. God used my relationship through community groups in our church, community groups or life groups, whatever you happen to call them in the church that you're in, or if you've never been in a church, it's just an opportunity for people to meet in a less formal setting in someone's home to study Bible, the Bible, study relationships, study uh, video studies, just get together and love and care for each other, eat together and be accountable to one another. And God placed Larissa and I in some very important community groups at our time at CVC, the first of which was with a group of people, some of whom were in worship arts ministry. And it was a place where every time we met, we went hungry. Both Rissa and I were working at the time. And we were fed by this family on many, many occasions, grew close to them, grew close to their kids, went through life with them. But one community group in particular that was really special to me was the one that came a little bit later, and it was a group of older people. In fact, Larissa and I, in our 40s, were by far the youngest people in the group. The next younger person in the group was my friend Ron, who was a good 10 years older than I. And God just really began to knit Ron's and my heart together. And we would meet and we would talk and we would spend time together and we would have coffee together and we would discuss the difficulties of the things that we both struggled with and the things that hurt in our lives and the things that blessed us and and Ron was a dear dear friend he was another one of those people that again I may not have gravitated to save the fact that we were both believers we were both chasing after the same thing but being 10 years my senior, I felt comfortable all my life with older people, but he was just a brother. When you get into your 50s, 10 years of difference in your age doesn't really matter. When you're in your 40s, the 10 to 15 year difference between Joe and I didn't really matter. So God placed people in my life, regardless of their age, that could just give me wisdom and give me strength, and allow me to grow in my walk with the Lord. And and Joe and and Ron both were very much that at CVC. Now I'm sorry to say, and and it still hurts to this day that Ron went home to be with the Lord this past year. Um, cancer, and just um, what he thought was going to be a winning battle turned out to be one that God won because God took him home to be with him and he's in heaven with Jesus now and I just reached out to his wife today as I do occasionally when I see the picture that I have of him from his memorial service on the cabinet in my kitchen and I pray for her and I just tell her that I'm praying for her and that she's not in this alone if there's anything I can do to help, I'm there for her. This is why in episode 17, I made the point that the church needs you because the church needs people that are going to invest in one another despite their differences. It might be somebody 15 years younger than you that needs your wisdom in their life right now. It might be somebody 10 years older than you that needs strength that you provide for them in their life. And it's not just a one-way street. You gain things from them. I gained great things from both Joe and Ron. And God taught me great things through both of them. But it wouldn't have happened had I not been a part of a church. And so, as I said in episode 17, I just pray that if you've had difficulties in church somewhere, if you're that guy stranded on that island and you have those three buildings on the hill, and that middle one is where you used to go to church. Go back and listen, and you'll understand. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt in church. And I'd like to tell you that my 14 years at Cuyahoga Valley Church were free, free sailing and wonderful, and nothing ever bad happened, but there were real difficulties. There were real challenges in our lives there. God knit Larissa and I together, and He put people in our lives, and He put some people in our lives that hurt us dearly. One in particular, um, we entered in a relationship with a young lady, and it was just, it was, it was great. She and her friend loved and cared for us. We spent time with them. We had coffee, but there was a point in our relationship where it just became toxic. And it became a situation where that young lady went after my wife, and I wasn't about to allow that to happen. I had to break ties with her and with her friend and didn't really want to, but for the safety of my wife, I had to stop it. I had to put an end to something there. And in doing so, hurt her, hurt her friend. I still feel badly about both of those cases, but my main priority in all of that was my wife. And I was even asked to reconcile with the, the young lady who had hurt my wife. And I basically said, I will reconcile, but I can't put my wife in harm's way. And if it means me extending my resignation to the church, I will do it. Now, it never came to that, but there, that was some of the downs. There were downs in my relationship with, with Brian Howell. There were challenges and and difficulties and expectations met and unmet on both of our parts. But we still loved each other and we still cared for one another and we still wanted to do ministry together. Even to this day, I saw him within the last two weeks. I still hug him and love him and care for him. And I'm so thrilled with how God is using him where he's at. Now, Part of my difficulty at CVC, and, and this goes all the way to the end of my 14-year session there, I spent 14 years at CVC in that role, and it became obvious to me throughout throughout the building of relationships, throughout the opportunity to pastor, that God was calling me to something more. He was calling me to a time of serving people in a pastoral role, teaching and counseling, and caring for them. And I had little pockets of that in technical arts ministry. In a church of 1500, I had 30 people in technical arts ministry that I was given the privilege of caring for, and I did, and I pastored them. And many of them referred to me as pastor, and eventually I was licensed as a pastor. But I felt like there was more. I felt like there were more, there should be more opportunities for me to teach. There should be more opportunities for me to do hands on ministry and less opportunities for me to do technical ministry. So God took me through a year, and that year was 2018. And in 2018, it began uh, coming off of a real high. Uh, December of 2017, we had had one of the greatest, the one of the largest attendances at Christmas services we had had in my entire tenure there. And God used me to make sure that everybody got to be a part of that. When you have a worship center that seats 830 people and you have 1,500 people show up for a service, you find ways of accommodating those people. We had people in classrooms. We had people in offices. We even had people in our lower level being a part of the service through what we called overflow. We overflowed the overflow, and then we overflowed the second overflow and overflowed into classrooms and offices. And God just kept using me to pull rabbits out of the hat to make sure everybody in that building could be a part of that. But almost immediately after that, we ran into some difficulties technically, um, some difficulties with the network in our in our building, the difficulties with the, the, the bandwidth that we had, and things were just failing through the first few months on a regular basis. In fact, there were times that our live stream of our service would grind to a halt, and I didn't know why, and I couldn't find out why, and I kept asking the questions why. And I was working with our IT team, and It just wasn't happening. Well, in April, we moved into the Easter season. And as I've mentioned before, Easter is very difficult for me. It's not, it had been up to that point, one of the most stressful times in my life since my time away from CVC, it's been some of the most glorious times in my life. But while I was there, it was the hardest time I had in church. It was the most difficult week for me. The expectations were high. We knew we would see 3,000 people over a series of five to seven services, and technical things were on high priority. And I went into that week of 2018, that Easter week, just dreading it. I remember being in A staff meeting on Tuesday, and another staff. One of our one of our other staffs was meeting across the hall, a group of like three people, and we were in our room. And I overheard one of their pastors say that Easter was just one of the easiest weeks ever for him. He he could, you know, could just kind of lay back because the responsibility was on everyone else, and that did not fly well with me. I got in his face and told him that's obviously not the way that I approach this week. And then some choices were made, some decisions were made that I was not included in that moved some technical aspects of where we were going to do our overflow in the building to a different place. And they were basing it on the fact that I had pulled all these rabbits out of the hat at Christmas time, that everything was going to work. Well, they didn't know that things were falling apart internally in my view. And so one decision in particular was made to move our overflow to a different part of the building that didn't have hardwired connections. It had only network connections. And I went in and told him that it just can't happen because we can't rely upon the network right now. And it was just a difficult week. It degraded into a session on Wednesday night with me meeting with one of the guys in the IT department and having a shouting match with him. And then in the midst of the shouting match, having him confess to me that he and his wife were having difficulties in their marriage and he had to go home and talk to his boys that night. And I couldn't, I was so caught up in the difficulty of that moment and and my selfishness that I couldn't even stop and minister to this young man who was obviously in just difficulty in his life, in his personal life. And when Thursday rolled around of that week, My wife was on the platform rehearsing for Good Friday service with our our friend Kevin. My friend Jeff was in the sound booth doing audio, and something just snapped. A piece of gear got replaced, got moved of mine that broke that original connection that I was relying on for our overflow, and I just found myself in the back of the worship center pounding on a chair and saying, I can't do it anymore. And I may have covered this a little bit in my... Time last week, last time, and I've covered in, other, in others, but I wanted to give you a little bit more detail that there were some times in my life in church where it was really, really difficult. And this was the worst. I'm, I'm just telling you, it was the worst. I walked away from that situation that day having no intention of ever going back. I walked away and for a period of about 30 seconds was contemplating suicide, something I never put feet to, but something that flashed through my mind. And eventually I spent the better part of April and May just sitting at home alone, not being able to do much of anything. It was a difficult, difficult time in my life, and it was brought about because of expectations that I had placed on myself, but also expectations that had been placed upon me in that role in that church. But more than anything, it was God putting in me a desire to do something different. He begun to really stir in my heart that that desire to pastor, that desire to do counseling ministry and care and prayer and teaching was so much more important than the technology So I approached the leadership of the church and asked them to consider a position for me, if they had one, if they could make one, for me to be in a pastoral role more than what I'd done in technical arts ministry and that I wanted to actively leave technical arts. And they discussed it for a period of time and came back to me and just prior to the Independence Day weekend of 2018 and said, we don't have a role for you in that way. And I think the response that I gave them really surprised them. I threw my hands in the air and said, excellent. That's what I needed to hear. And it wasn't that I was looking to walk away. It was, I knew that God had something else for me. And the next step in my journey was Going to begin right then and there. And I started looking, and the church started looking, and they found their guy before I found a job. And so by January of 2019, I walked away from a career of 14 years in that church with no prospect at all of where I was going to land. Now, they were gracious enough to me to have given me all of my vacation time and my sick leave. And so I had a paycheck for a couple of months. But there was a period of time in our lives in early 2019 where we did not have a paycheck. And God was gracious because he had a plan for us. And part of that plan was for me to go and be a part of this church plant that we had started, that God had knit to my heart through its leadership. I didn't know anything about the church plant. I just knew the planter, and his name was Don Salo. And he was assigned to me as the church plant that I would care for as a staff member at CVC, and I did the best I could. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that God was doing amazing things through Don and his ministry. And in March of 2019, I walked through the doors of Refuge Church, and I knew, much like the day I walked through the doors of Westmead Fellowship and was loved and cared for by Mary Catherine Cantrell, I walked through the doors of Refuge, and I knew I was where God wanted to use me next. I knew that Don was the guy that God wanted me to be a partner in ministry with. I can't explain how. I don't even know how, but I knew I was home. And I've had other people say that about their, their encounter with our church. And I've, and I've seen people leave under difficult circumstances. So, sometimes when we think, this is it, this is, this is the last church I'll ever be a part of, we get surprised sometimes, and we get hurt sometimes, and we walk away sometimes but most times we need to stay and we need to fight. And and I want to say that refuge is the last place I'll ever serve. In fact, Don has said to me he wants me to die at my desk. Whenever that happens to be, he doesn't want to he doesn't want me to think about going anywhere else. He doesn't want me to think about anything else. He wants me to be there until God takes me home. And that's what I want too. And It's all the culmination of this faith journey that God has brought me through from reaching my heart at age 18 and taking me through Impulse 85 to 10 years later, taking me on the road with Steve Green Ministries to 10 years after that, leading Brian Howell to call me and ask me to be a part of CVC. 14 years after that, to walking away and walking through the door of refuge. This is where God wants me to be. And this is what he wants to do with me right now. And it is amazing. Next time we'll spend some time and I'll tell you about the two years that I've been at refuge and the things that God has accomplished. And it is phenomenal what God has accomplished in that period of time. I could probably spend three episodes talking about all the things that God has accomplished here. But for right now, I want to finish our time together today. As always, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you will have the eyes to see what God has given me eyes to see, and that He was involved in all of those things, and they were all steps to bring me to a particular place. And I want you to be able to see that God has brought you through the glorious times and the hard times and the painful times and the spectacular times and the praiseworthy times and the hurtful times, all to take you through those steps to bring you to where you are and where he wants to use you. So I want to pray that today. But before I do that, I know that there are some of you that are listening that don't know Jesus Christ. You know of him. You know what you've been taught with whatever denomination or or religion you were brought up in. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ is waiting for you. Just like he was waiting for me for four years of my high school years. At age 18, he was waiting for me to come and realize that I needed him. And he's waiting for you to get to the point where you know that you need him. And he'll let you get there. He'll let you get to the bottom of whatever it is that you're after. Be it success or fame or money or sex or drugs or whatever. He'll let you chase that all the way to the bottom And when you get to the bottom and you're laying flat on your back and you're looking up, he's going to be there waiting for you and he's going to have a handout to pick you up. That's what he did for me at the age of 18. And he's done for me many times since. In Luke 15, I've mentioned this before, there's the story of the prodigal. And I love this story because the son is a prodigal. Prodigal just means spending wildly, spending lavishly. Because the son took the father's inheritance, his portion of the father's inheritance, and went and spent it on wild living. And he got to the point in his life where he found that bottom. He had spent it all. His friends were gone. He was feeding pigs. A good Jewish boy was feeding pigs, and he was longing to eat what the pigs were eating. And he began to think, in my father's house, the servants eat better than this. I could go back and be a servant in my father's house. But in that story, the son is not the only prodigal. The father's a prodigal as well because the father loved lavishly. The father sat on the porch every day waiting for his son to come walking up the walk. And on the day when he saw him, He jumped off the porch, the father did, and he ran down the path and he grabbed his son and he threw his arms around him and he lifted him up. Just like Jesus will do for you when you're at the bottom, the father lifted him up and he held his head against his chest and he told him how much he loved his son and how glad he was home and he called for the servants to bring the robe and put it on his son and the ring and put it on his finger and to slaughter the fattened calf and to throw a party because his son had come home. That's where Jesus is at. Jesus is waiting for you like that. And I want you to know that love. I want you to know that what Christ did on the cross, he did for you. He condescended, he left heaven. He came to earth to be Emmanuel, God with us. He lived the perfect life. He died a horrible death because sin demands a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is Jesus. He died perfectly, took your sin upon him, and in exchange, gives his righteousness, his perfection to you so that you can have a relationship with God today. And all it takes is recognizing that, recognizing that what he did on the cross, he did for you and saying to God, I know I'm at the bottom and you're the prodigal father and you're holding me and you're standing there waiting for me to just ask you to be a part of my life. So if that's you tonight, today, this is the day of your salvation. Give your life to Jesus Christ. I beg you, it's so worth it. And then you'll be on this path where you begin to recognize the the things that God has brought you through and the things that he's taking you toward and the things that he wants to use you to accomplish. So right now, let's pray together. Father, for those who do not yet know you, I pray that you would open their eyes and open their ears to the truth of the gospel and that you would pierce their hearts and show them how much you love them, so much that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes in him might have eternal life and would not perish. Father, draw them to yourself. Open their eyes and their ears to what it is that you're calling them away from and what you're calling them to. And Father, for my friends that know you and have been through glorious times and difficult times, just give give them the vision to see the steps along that path that you've been taking them through and how it culminates and where you want them to be and how you want to use them and what you want to do in and through them to bring glory and honor to yourself and good to them. Father, thank you for doing that in my life. Thank you for loving me so much more than I could ever understand or fathom. And thank you, Lord, for using me. Thank you for using me in this podcast. And Father, I just pray that you would be honored and glorified and draw all men to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Not sure where we're headed next, but I do want to spend some time in the future talking to you about the refuge years, the refuge community church years, and kind of tying it back to the time at CVC as well. But I thank you for listening. I thank you for being a part of this. Visit our website at arl.history.com. You can become a Patreon member. You can help us with some of the minor costs that we have. And you can listen to past episodes. You can subscribe there. So just visit aural-history.com and check it out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Aural History. This has been a production of Z Media and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. Join us again next time.